Hey there, welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash podcast. Well, hey there, it's Liz Rohr from Real World NP, and you're watching NP Practice Made Simple, the weekly videos to help save you time, frustration, and help you learn faster so you can take the best care of your patients. So in this week's video, I did an interview with Diana from Catalyst for Self-Care, where we talk about the role transition, what we wish we knew as new nurse practitioners as it relates to compassion fatigue, burnout, stress. I've talked about this a little bit before in a previous video, but we're just talking about a little bit of a different kind of side to to it, um, as well as talking about boundaries and the things that we can do to get ourselves out of how to know when we're in or heading towards burnout or in burnout and the things that we can do to get out of there as well as additional resources. So I really hope you enjoy our conversation. Just, I, I think one thing, if I can impart to you, when I was a new grad, I really was so focused on the clinical medicine and learning as much as I could, as fast as I could. And so I think new grad me might have overlooked a video like this, but if, I, if you can trust me, I would love for you to watch this and soak it all in because it is important enough that I'm taking an entire week's video to talk about it instead of another clinical topic, which I know that you also need. Anyway, uh, coming up is my interview with Diana. And before we jump in, if you haven't grabbed the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get the resource guide that these videos sent straight to your inbox every Every week with notes from me, patient stories, and bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Without further ado, here's my interview with Diana. Well, thank you so much for being here. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm Diana. I'm an NP. I work in Maine. Um, I am a neurology outpatient nurse practitioner, um, and I work mostly with epilepsy patients, but I also do a lot of like headache and general neuro depending on the day. Um, and then sort of on the side, I am a burnout educator, a self-care strategist and nurse support. Oh, I love that. Self-care strategist is so beautiful. It's like, oof, <laughs> give me yeah. that. So you have a platform, Catalyst for Self-Care on Instagram. Yep. So yep. Tell, me, tell me a little bit about how that started, how you got into that and how long you've been doing it for. So February 22nd is my one year anniversary. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. <laughs> so um, it started actually as a blog. So I have um, selfcarecatalyst.com was my blog initially. And um, that was sort of something that I started because I just felt there was a need to talk about burnout and, you know, prioritizing clinician wellness and supporting nurses and advanced practice providers who were struggling. Um, because that was pre-COVID. This was like December of 2019. Um, and then COVID hit, of course. So of course it was an even more needed. But um, at the time I just looked around and I saw most of the people I went to grad school with were burning out and, 
you know, a lot of people I work with are burning out. So I just thought, you know, someone needs to do something. And I looked around and there, you know, are some people talking about it, but I just felt we could do a better job. So I just, and I learned a lot on my own because I'm actually a burnout survivor. I had burned out in my first job Mm -hmm. uh, back when I was a new NP. Mm -hmm. So I've spent actually years like just cultivating tools. So it would never happen to me again, mostly out of like Mm. personal paranoia that I would have to go through it again. So um, I had all these tools in my little toolbox and my, you know, I learned a lot about burnout over the years. So I felt like, Hey man, like I should share this knowledge. Totally. Totally. And you, so you've been an NP for 10 years. Is that right? Yes. So oh nine. So a little over 10 years. Cool. Cool. (laughs) It goes so fast. It's crazy. That's so awesome. Yeah. I swear. (laughs) Well, I just, I love that. Cause I feel like when I started talking with you, I feel like you just like, it's very clear to me. You have a huge knowledge base, knowledge base when it comes to burnout. Cause it's like, like clearly you have a ton of knowledge and experience, like in understanding this and learning about it and teaching it. Um, what do you feel like, I guess there's just so many things. And you and I talked before this video of like, there's so many things we could talk about and I just want to give all the things all the time. And I think, you know, you feel that way too. Um, but what do you feel like, I guess maybe to start, like, what do you wish you kind of knew? What are like, if you could talk to your previous self or to new grads now, what do you feel like you want to say to them? Or what do you wish that you knew or they knew? Concisely, of course, because it's a huge topic, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be concise, but just know, I just, I acknowledge that that's a hard question to answer in a short time. Great question though. I mean, honestly, I think number one, I would just give myself a hug and be like, girl, it's going to be okay. Mm. It's going to be great. It's hard. It makes me so like, emotional. Cause like, I, just, like, I, I needed a hug. Like, hug myself and just give myself like the confidence to enter the force and be like, you know what? It's okay not to know it all. No one expects you to know it all in the beginning. I think we all graduate our programs and we think that we need to have everything down pat and you know we're going to be like we're going to be awesome at our jobs we're going to change lives and that's all true but it doesn't mean you have to know everything and i don't think any employer expects that of you but we put that pressure on ourselves so i think number one i would just tell myself to just take a deep breath Mm -hmm. and okay you don't have to spend every hour you're not at work reading the things that you're just going to learn on the job anyway and you know you can read it in a book but it's better to just learn it as you go yeah um and just you know asking questions i think I would have told myself, you know, ask the questions, you know, don't feel scared to ask questions. People yeah. don't judge you. You're not a dummy. You're not a failure, you know? So I think those are two major ones. And then I think definitely looking back for me, having gone through burnout in that yeah. first job, yeah. I think I'd say, um, you know, you really need to nurture yourself outside of work and set really healthy boundaries mm-hmm. with your job. Yeah. Um, because I think my lack of, I didn't even know what a boundary was, to be honest. I didn't have any boundaries. Totally. <laughs> I'm going to say, this is our next topic. <laughs> yeah. So I think I would say to myself, like, you need to think about where you can set healthy boundaries so you can then nurture yourself outside of work. Because at the end of the day, we are not a nurse first and foremost. We're a human being yeah. that has needs and we need to nurture those needs in order to stay sane for the long haul. Totally. We want it to be sustainable. Totally. Well, I I wanted to, so you and I talked about this a bit, but like boundaries, I feel like is such, is so important to talk about. So like, I think like, I'm just like from personal experience and you can share whatever you want from personal experience and just, you know, stop where you don't want to share. But I know for me, like 
I don't feel like we're taught about boundaries and what that means and how to hold them, how to understand them. And yeah, I mean, I definitely came from a burnt out place. Like, I don't know like what you would classify as like the line of burnout, but I feel like I was on the verge of leaving the profession myself um, when I, before I started this platform. Um, so I don't know. What do you, what do you feel like, I guess that's kind of like two questions in there of like, what are the kind of warning signs? And then I'd love to talk about boundaries too, but whatever one you want to talk about first. Sure. So yeah, I think it's definitely, um, important to know what to look out for because yeah. you know, for me, I didn't have any formal education in my nursing or NP programs about burnout. Like there was yeah. nothing about clinician wellness. There was nothing yeah. about any of this stuff. I mean, I know a lot of programs now do incorporate that into their um, curriculum, which is amazing. Cause I really think every program should, mm, um, yeah. but it definitely was not. So I didn't even know, like it completely took me by surprise. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I realized what was happening. And then I'm like, what? Like this has been going on for so long. How did I not see this sooner? But you just kind of yeah. get caught up. And mm-hmm. again, you put those like, pr- you know, pressures on yourself and you fear, you know, that people are going to judge you if you say no, or you sit down, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, with burnout, it's not just like, oh, I'm really tired. Yeah. Oh, I had a really bad day. Like we all have bad days. Like I love my job right now. Like it's a great job. I love the people I work with. It's definitely not toxic. Do I have bad days? Of course, like yeah. we all do. Yeah. That's not burnout. Burnout is when the exhaustion is so profound that your um, your traditional methods of bringing that energy back into your body and that traditional rest that would rejuvenate you doesn't do that. Mm. Um, it's you know feelings of apathy. It's feelings of like that emotional numbness where you feel mm. so much that you actually feel nothing, which mm-hmm. I know sounds crazy. Yeah. But no, I think it's so accurate. And I think people who are experiencing that is going to be so resonant. Yeah. And I think, so it's, you know, that exhaustion piece, it's like the depersonalization piece where it's like, I don't feel connected to this job. I don't feel like I'm making a difference, you know, or you're just like, I just really don't want to do this anymore. I, or I can't do this anymore if it's that extreme. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like the feelings that you're just not effective in your role and that you're not, that your role isn't serving any sort of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then there's just, you know, there can be physical symptoms, you know, headaches and GI symptoms, anxiety. I mean, a lot of Mm. burnout symptoms can overlap with depression, you know, depression, Depression, depressive symptoms. So sometimes like that kind of overlaps. I think, you know, if people really have significant emotional um, involvement with their symptoms of burnout, it's not a bad thing to talk to somebody and ask for help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, you know, there's definitely physical symptoms. There's definitely emotional symptoms and, um, you know, people get irritable, you know, if you start to notice that you're drinking more alcohol or that you're self-medicating with like really junky foods, or you're yeah. just really snippy with your partner and you just, you know, you don't feel yourself. These are mm. all effects. Yeah. And in terms of like, in terms of like the, the getting out and again, feel free to share or not share your experiences or what, like just whatever you've understood so far. Like, what do you feel like the first steps are for people if they're noticing or they're worried about that burnout? Um, You've talked about, you mentioned boundaries, but like, what do you feel like if somebody's in that place and they're like, oh gosh, that's where I'm at? Like, what do you feel like the first steps are? So I think step one is really just 
like I'm a big believer that every single day we should be checking in with ourselves and auditing like where we're at. Mm. I highly recommend doing like a post shift reflection every single day. You know, when you get in your car, just asking yourself, you know, what did I do really well today? You know, celebrate those small wins. And then what did I did not, you know, what didn't go so well and why? And just like, how am I feeling? Do a body scan. Like, is your body tense? Did you eat? Did you drink? You know, are you mm-hmm. low energy? Why are you low energy? Did you not sleep well? Like all these things. And so I think checking in with yourself is step one, because it's hard to know what to take action on unless you know what the problem is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you know, if you know that, okay, you know, I'm really low energy, but I really didn't eat today at all. Like I had mm-hmm. a granola bar in the staff room. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I haven't peed at all today, which is probably a sign I'm dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which we've all been there. I've definitely right. been there. Like it's right. four o'clock. I haven't peed today. Like crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> true. The water. Um, so I think like knowing what the problem is allows you to decide what you need help fixing. Is it again, mm-hmm. is it a thing? And then, you know, what triggers are there? Was it a really difficult patient interaction? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's just, you had a really hard day because, you know, a patient died or, you know, you made a mistake yeah. and you freaked out about that. Or, you know, you got reprimanded by someone or someone was bullying you. Maybe there's yeah. a really toxic colleague that you work with. Yeah. So I think step one is really figuring that piece out. And then the whole action piece of that is really, I mean, we could talk about that forever because it's really mm-hmm. dependent on what the issue is. You know, yeah. if it's a colleague, that's one scenario, you know, if it's, right, right you know, your own self-care needs and you're not meeting those, that's a very different scenario. If it's a boundary mm-hmm. issue, then that's another scenario. But I think doing mm-hmm. that check-in is really important. Yeah. And how do you feel like you learned about boundaries? Like when did it occur to you? Like, oh, boundaries are a thing. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where did you, I mean, it sounds like a silly question, but it's so true. Like people talk about boundaries all the time and I'm just, I'm still understanding them and getting used to practicing them. And like, So Mm -hmm. I guess, how did you come to understand, like, I don't realize, I didn't know what a boundary was and like, here I am learning about it. And like, what helped you with that? And I guess some examples for people if they're like, I don't know what boundaries mean. (laughs) Well, I mean, there can be boundaries for your home life, for your relationships, for your work life. I mean, boundaries are not just about your work life. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we're talking about when it comes to burnout, but burnout can be parental burnout. It can be burnout for our regions other than your job. So I think boundaries in general thing. Um, for me, I realized that I need to set boundaries when I, it, like I had already hit the burnout threshold. Yeah. I was in a million hours. I was never a no person because it mm-hmm. just freaked me out and I felt like it was going to make me look bad or whatever, you know, and my job, I mean, again, it's, it was all here you know, Mm. it wasn't real. Um, so a lot of this is mindset, honestly, Mm. but also confidence Mm. to have the confidence to like, actually say like, look, this is what I can and can't do. Um, around that time, I, I sort of came to the conclusion that when I'm saying yes to something, I am by nature saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And that was like a mindset game changer for me because then I started to think, okay, I need to be more intentional with my yes. Mm -hmm. It's not just about like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's about, okay, if I say yes to this, this extra shift or, you know, covering this person or what have you, and I don't get to put kids to bed. Does this mean, you know, my relationship Mm -hmm. with my husband suffers? I mean, I don't have time to exercise and that's really important for my my mental health. So once I decided 
that piece that helped me a lot. Um, and then when I left that job, so I did end up leaving um, for a couple of reasons. That was part of it, but we also wanted to move here, which is where we're from. Um, in my new job on day one, I was like, I like, I was like in the mirror, like, you are just gonna make sure you set boundaries. Like you're gonna be good at this. Like you're not, like you have to like be your own self advocate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was like this serious, like heart to heart with myself. Like you have to always advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I've done since day one at this job. So, and I think mm. the boundaries, it's important to do it like the earlier, the better yeah. because then you set up that expectation from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like, honestly, this comes into play all the time. Like literally a couple of weeks ago, I had to set a boundary at my job and it was, I won't tell you the whole story, but basically an attending I work with is going out because she needs a surgery and she has very challenging patients that require a lot of energy mm. and um, I have to cover her while she's gone. So they're like, okay, you know, we need you to cover so-and-so, which is fine. But I was like, okay, I know that that's going to be a lot on me. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be probably crying in my office, you know? So I went to my supervising physician and the management and I said, look, I'm happy to do this, but I need, you know, these urgent slots for when urgent things come up. I need admin time. I need these things while she's gone. Yeah. And they were like, okay. Mm-hmm. Totally reasonable. And I'm like, yeah. okay, this is great. Now, like I'm helping her. I'm not going to be overwhelmed. Like it's going to be mm. I feel good about this. Like everybody's happy. Totally. And you know, it's just about self-advocating and knowing like what's going to work for you and what's not. Yeah. And I think that like one of the things I see so commonly is that like, a, like in terms of like how to describe a boundary, it's kind of like what you need and what you want compared to what other people, at least this is the most common scenario I see is like what other people need and want versus what you need and want. And there's so much of the time with caregivers, there's a lot of people pleasing that happens and yeah. And, and I, I think that that's p- potentially an intro point of like, where are you overgiving? Where are you overdoing it? Because like, when are you abandoning yourself and your own needs for somebody else? That is not sustainable. And I think it's really hard for people to have that confidence and sense of self and self-esteem and like all this. And it gets into a lot of deeper stuff like you're talking about, because you need to feel solid in yourself to ask for the things that you want, especially if it's going to disappoint somebody, quote unquote, right? Because a lot of the times we assume like, oh, this is going to be so hard for them. And it's like, no, you, who are you choosing here? You're choosing yourself, which is sustainable, which is again, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your patients. Cause if you can't do it for yourself and you're going to get burnt out, then you can't do it for the patients. Right. Cause I think that there's just, this is the common scenario. I think that I see from a lot of new grads where I try to help them see that for themselves and and it's really, it's really hard. It's really hard. And people are not really ready to do that. I, I mentioned when we were chatting before, there's a book called Codependent No More, mm-hmm. which sounds really odd talking about codependency and people pleasing, but it's actually really a lot more comprehensive than, than just like the typical thing that you're thinking about with codependent, like intermittent relationships, for example, where it's kind of like this paradigm of like wrapping yourself around somebody else. Um, and it's based on a person who is, is, struggling with alcohol use herself and her family has alcohol use. Mm -hmm. And like, regardless of that, it's actually really applicable to caregivers and to burnout. So I do recommend that book for people to consider reading, especially if they're having a hard time with their, like, I'm not sure what boundaries are. I don't know what this means. And they're really um, involved with people pleasing too, because yeah, it's, it's, 
I think it's well, really well intentioned. And I think it's the way that we're brought up, especially like for cis women and feminine people, but um, it's, it's ultimately detrimental, you know, to ourselves. So. I think most people view boundaries as like a wall, like you're drawing, yeah. and you're putting up this boundary. It's like this, but I honestly think that it reinforces relationships. I think, again, like you said, if you are putting yourself first, you're only better able to do the things that you do best, you know, caring for mm. your like that, you know, that if we don't do those things, then the apathy creeps in. There's actually like, I read a quote just the other day, it was a primary care provider who was sitting with a patient and she started to cry. And he, mm -hmm. you know, um, was thinking like, is it how much time is this going to take? Is this going to get me behind? And he was just like going through the motions and feeling very robotic and putting his yeah. hand on, you know, yeah. like, like I'm running behind. This is kind of a time suck. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of things that you see with burnout, which obviously the patients suffer. And, you know, it's just, you know, you're more likely to make mistakes. Um, so, yeah, I think it reinforces relationships within teams, but also with the provider patient relationship and with yourself. I think when you advocate for yourself, it makes you feel really good. I, I think yeah. it helps build confidence by doing those hard things and saying like, you know what, I am worthy of this, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's so tricky because for me, at least when I work with new grads or when I'm in community with them and I see stuff like that happening, I don't know, it just feels like a monstrous issue. You know, it feels like, it feels like a big thing because mm -hmm. it's not simple. It's not really like a quick fix kind of thing, okay. but um, I think that there are pathways in, there are like self-reflective practices as a way to reach out. There's educating, you know, people can educate themselves. I mentioned like that book. And then there's another book I mentioned in another video that I made about um, to weep for a stranger. And it talks about compassion fatigue and caregiving as it relates to animals and people and, and all that stuff. Um, do you have other resources that you particularly love uh, for people to kind of like start on that journey of the self-reflection and the confidence and the boundary learning and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really great books for just like mindset and things like that. Um, you know, for habits, Atomic Habits is a really good book. Mm -hmm. It's on my list. I haven't read it yet, but that sounds amazing. Really good. Um, yeah. And uh, Start With Why, which is the Simon Sinek book mm -hmm. about kind of knowing your purpose, your values, sort of why. The why is really important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just for beautiful poetry, there's Heart Talk which I'm sure you've looked at. By I have not. No, it's a poem. It's poetry. Yes. But it's like very much about self and self love and all of those things. It's right. very empowering. Um, there's a daily meditation book, which is lovely um, journey to the heart. Mm. I actually have a whole book list on my Instagram page. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, so something you're interested in, just click on the link in the bio. It's there. Totally. Um, there's a lot of great books out there. I mean, there's some, there's a great book. So I don't know, you might have read this, the burnout, um, closing the stress cycle, I think is what it's called. It's by two sisters. It's a very like feminist perspective, but Ooh. it's really great. That's awesome. I'm going to look at this list. I'm excited. Good. It's a really good book. And then, you know, this is written by an attending, but I think it, and it's like targeted towards physicians, but I think mm -hmm. it's actually like a really powerful book, a lot about mindfulness mm -hmm. uh, in medicine. Mm -hmm. It's called Attending mm -hmm. and it's by, um, the last name's Epstein, but I can't remember the first Ronald, I think. Mm. That's a really great book. And it's That's a cool. lot, I mean, I'm a science nerd, so it has a lot about like brain and like, totally. 
Totally. That's awesome. Like the benefits of mindfulness and things like that. Definitely. And it's like, and maybe, and, and I, I can hear my people in my head when I make all this stuff. And like, it's, I don't know. I think that, and especially like thinking back to my own experience, I think that like as a new grad, I was so overwhelmed and I wanted to read about all the things all the time. And I was like, I don't have time for all of that stuff, you know? And so this type of, this is not a clinical video, right? We are clinicians and we love the science. Um, but like, I hope that it lands for someone that's watching this, how important this is that we're taking this time to talk about this stuff because it is in fact impossible. I mean, you don't have to do it the way that we're telling to, you know, advising you to do it, but like, like this is, this is, you can choose to ignore it (laughs) and just read medicine all day long, all day, every day. Um, but we do not recommend that. (laughs) I mean, you have the, you have the, you have the choice, right? You have the choice to to see it for yourself or prevention. Right. And I think sometimes new grads and, and nurse practitioners and caregivers in general are really good about caring for others and not really about themselves. So, um, if you can just trust us as experienced clinicians. <laughs> yeah. I think people feel guilty. You know, it's all about the guilt, like, you know, or like feeling you're not worthy, but I mean, ultimately again, like you're, you're, you're living as your highest self when you are nurturing yourself and you're yeah. you have more energy. You're going to be more on your game. I mean, your patients are going to be far happier. Your partner is going to be far happier. I know like when I was, right. born, I was irritable and no fun to be around. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, doing those things and, you know, exercising, all these things are so important, but you're right. It's not a one size fits all. Like you don't, it's not about like the action that you're taking. It's just about doing something and trying different things and seeing what what works for you. Some people thrive on like AM routines and having like a very specific, like they meditate, they do this, other people hate, you know, hate meditation because they feel like their mind's too busy and what have you. I personally think they could like train their mind to like simmer, which is probably a good thing. (laughs) Totally. Totally. um, You know, other people really like, you know, nighttime brain dumps right before bed or meditation at night because it helps them transition to sleep. And there's all these things, but once you get into it and you see the difference it makes, I think it speaks for itself. Like, honestly. Yeah. And I think like kind of two entry points, like you said, like I just go back to, I hear so many people are not willing to do it for themselves. And so like do it for the patients then do it for your future, you know, ability to care for patients. And sometimes also we have like a lot, like if we don't have the confidence and the inner worthiness, we're not willing to um, like do the things anyway. And so sometimes it's helpful to just, like you said, take action, do something. And then if you're willing to commit to the action, then hopefully the inner work will catch up. If that makes sense. Like it's just, I'm just speaking from it. I'm just being real honest. I speak from experience here of like, I came from this place, you know, of like not having any of that stuff and putting myself last place for years. And I'm not perfect at it still. I don't think there is perfection in general, but you know, definitely not. I mean, yeah, I, I'm a big, big, big believer. It really starts with self. I think, yes, it's fine to say like, I'm going to do this for my patients. But if you feel like you don't have that sense of self, I think that inner work really should be also happening on the side. Yeah. Well, you do it for your patient, but I think it's really totally. important to dig deep as to where that's coming from. Like even in the program that I'm doing now with my mentees, like the whole first module is all self and mm-hmm. like we go deep and it's like really, really powerful. And yeah. you know, things come up that are like, oh my gosh, like yeah. it's so much, but then it makes it a lot easier to then take yeah. action because totally. then you're like, okay, like 
Now I have the confidence. Now I do feel I'm worthy. Now I can set boundaries because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then that's a beautiful segue. So um, what, how can, how can you, how can people learn more from you and get to work with you? Uh, well, so I'm on Instagram predominantly. Um, I have a Facebook page, but I'm not really on there. Um, <laughs> you can go on there though. Um, but Instagram is where like all my content gets posted. It's Catalyst for Self-Care, right? Yes. At Catalyst. Cool. Yeah, Catalyst for Self-Care. Um, I do have the blog, which has some stuff on it too. That's uh, selfcarecatalyst.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, so mentorship, winter mentorship is going strong. Um, there'll be another round in the spring. The waitlist is always open. Last time we kind of filled up off the waitlist. So if someone out there in the world wants to, you know, talk more about it, I highly suggest you hop on so you don't miss out. Totally. Um, yeah, and my are always open, as you know. I love totally. chatting. With I love this community so much. That's awesome. And so just to, just to clarify, you do one-on-one mentoring with a, a cohort of people for like a couple of months at a time, or you have like a program or... So it's called the Rising to Resilience Mentorship Program. Awesome. Um, right now we have four nurses of kind of all different, um, you know, we have an ER nurse, we have all these people kind of different specialties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do 12 weeks one-on-one and yeah, it's, you get a guidebook. It's like 130 pages. So we, we have a lot of content. Wow. We have a lot awesome. of um, various exercises, um, a lot of prompts. There's other like bonus materials, like TED talks and fun stuff that, cause again, I love that stuff, like video on neuroplasticity. Awesome. Um, so cool. yeah, we do a lot of that stuff. And then there's just ongoing support. I, you know, hold them accountable. I check in on them and we have fun. Honestly, That's it's fun. been really, really fun. Um, but there's a bunch of free stuff too on my page. Like there's a whole mini training on boundary setting awesome. and how to conversations. There's a free training on morning routines. There's a whole thing on sleep. Um, a confidence accelerator program, which is like a self-guided, um, like mini course that people can do, which gets into the whole, like limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome, comparison syndrome, which, you know, probably the worst place to be Instagram for that. But (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's lots of resources and I really try to post something every day. That's an actionable tool for people to have like in their little toolbox so they can going to work feeling joy and not feeling, you know, crummy. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much for talking with me. Um, I know this is going to be so helpful for so many people. So thank you so much. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review and tell all your NP friends. So together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible, give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com slash guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.